Welcome, precious one. The message you are about to listen to will bless and enlighten you, and we're delighted about this. Ministering is Reverend Elijah, pastor of Christ Glory Ministries. Stay tuned, and God bless you. Amen. Praise God. So this week, from Monday, we began the prayer marathon. Praise God. Hallelujah. The last quarter prayer and teaching marathon. Praise God. How many of you have been blessed so far? Glory to God. I have personally begun to see transformations and blessings in my life as a result. Hallelujah. And each week has a theme that we go by. And so the theme for the beginning was the ministry and the person of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Or the Holy Spirit, His ministry and His person. Praise God. Yeah, and we learned a lot, even through the process of praying and learning certain things. On Friday, we went a bit deeper. Hallelujah. But today, I want to continue with what we began on Friday. Praise the Lord. And so I'm going to be sharing a message entitled, An Introduction to the Person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Yeah, it can only be an introduction now because it is not a series. There is so much to the Holy Spirit. There is so much to the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Are you here? Wave your hands to the Lord. Wave your hands to the Lord. Say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. Yes. It's a spiritual practice to frequently lift your hands to the Lord. So you practice it at home often. Just learn to lift up your hands toward heaven. Amen. Right, so on Friday, we began to look at, during the Zoom uh, Zoom session, about who the Holy Spirit is. Who the Holy Spirit is. And we noted some three things down, which I will add more today. Praise the Lord. There's so much about the Holy Spirit that we can never exhaust teaching about the Holy Spirit. There's so much about Him. And the truth is that unless He opens your eyes to see Him in the Scriptures, you'll be reading alright, but you'll never really see where the Holy Spirit is. you only see probably John 14, John 16. The Comforter, Spirit of Truth, that may be all you know. But if He opens your eyes, you'll come to see Him in Every part of the scripture. Hallelujah. How many of you have read today's devotional? The late comers who were not here to take it. How many of you have read it? Aha, uh-huh, you see? Hallelujah. Yeah. It's important that all these things you take them seriously. All of it you take it seriously. Because they come from the Spirit of God. We we don't have to see or people don't have to see what you are doing before you do what is right or what you have to invest. Praise God. Every greatness doesn't happen by chance. Every greatness, the people didn't get there before they became disciplined. They were disciplined in the little. And then they were they got there. Praise the Lord. So everything that we bring you has gone through a lot of spiritual process to be brought to you. Hallelujah. And these things, if you give yourself to them, will nourish you spiritually. 
Amen. They will build you spiritually. They will make you a spiritual giant. Amen. So let us have that understanding. Amen. So we said that the Holy Spirit, the first thing we said was that what? He is what? If you're on the Zoom, I believe you should should remember. The first thing we said about the Holy Spirit is that He is what? The Spirit of what? The Spirit of what? The Spirit of the Father. Hallelujah. We said that He is the Spirit of the Father. Amen. And that means that He is what we popularly call the Spirit of God. And it is interesting because the Bible itself says that God is a spirit. So how then does the Holy Spirit become the spirit of a spirit? And that is because as much as God is a spirit, the Holy Spirit is also a spirit. But this is the situation. I I went further to say that the Holy Spirit is the exact, perfect, and in no way inferior duplication or replication of the Father. Are you with me? He is not created. He is the uncreated one. He is the creator. But he is uncreated. To help you understanding, it's not that God created his spirit or created another version of himself. No. He is uncreated. You see? So he is the exact replication of God. Now, sometimes it's a bit difficult to comprehend because of human reality. In the physical world, there are limitations here. You see? For example, if I should be standing here right now and walk through this world, many of us will be amazed because, yeah, because that is not what we know in this world. Do you get what I'm saying? It is not a phenomenon accepted in this world. That is why when men like Elijah and Philip were translated divine consultation without any car or horse or donkey or chariot, they were at they were here, then they were suddenly taken and they found themselves at Azotus or Samaria. It was unusual. People knew about the prophet Elijah that the Holy Ghost could whisk him away from here and suddenly he'll be over there. And they knew it was not normal. It was supernatural. Because the natural laws don't permit that. Are you with me? So, in our minds, we should not try to box God to the limitations of only the physical. He can be more than one. I get what I'm saying. Every duplication of God is the Holy Spirit. But let me leave it here at, at the first point where we say that he is the spirit of who? The father. Glory to God. He is the spirit of who? The father. The second thing we said about the Holy Spirit is that he is God that is mobile from the throne. He is the God that is mobile from the throne. The word mobile means transportable, movable. So the reason why your device or your phone is called a mobile phone is because you are able to carry it around in your pocket or in your bag. Amen? Because the first phones and the original phones that were invented were not mobile. You can't carry your landline from your house to your school or to your workplace. It was always fixed in the house. Praise God. 
Those of you that had the telephone in the house, with the, they do the wire connection, everything is there. And then monthly bill will come. And some of us, when we close from school, we'll go and be in the hall. And we'll call our friends who are, who have phones in their house. And we'll talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Then one day, the bill came. <laughs> and they said, whose number is this? <laughs> Praise God. So those were not mobile phones. Those were fixed phones. Do you understand? The Holy Spirit, the second thing we said about him, that he is the God that is mobile from the throne. Because there is the God that is fixed on the throne, who does not move. He is the Father. Now, the, the, the Holy Spirit is the Father that is mobile from the throne. You see, he is the God that is mobile from the throne. He is able to move from the throne. He goes to different places. Anywhere the Father wants to go, the Holy Spirit goes. And it is just like my, I myself being here on a throne, which I, I'm not supposed to move, I don't move, but I want to go over there and get something and buy. I walk out of myself, the same me, though I'm still here, yet the same me walks out of myself, moves, goes and gets everything perfectly, same DNA, same authority, same power, yet when you look at me, I'm on the throne, but when you look at me, I'm also there. That is the Holy Spirit. Praise God. The Bible, the Bible says that he, he proceeds from the Father. John chapter 8. Very important. This whole week, the theme has been the Holy Ghost. You know, at a point I was even tempted that we should probably go for the whole month or the two weeks on just the Holy Spirit because of such depth of who he is. Praise God. Now, let me show you something in John 4 verse 24 before we go to John chapter 8. So John 4, 24 first. Amen. Are you there? John 4, verse 24. It says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. So when you say the spirit of, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of God, it's like you saying the Holy Spirit is a spirit of a spirit, because God is a spirit. And I've explained to you why that is. Amen. Praise God. He is the exact, perfect duplicate of the Father. The word duplicate is even not the best, but it's because of the limitation of human language. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness. Say encounters. Hmm. So now let's go to John 8. Verse 42. Are you there? Alright. John 8 verse 42. It says, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Ah, my God. He said, I proceeded forth from what? The Father. And he says, Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. The word proceedeth forth from the Father means to issue out of. I would mean to come out of. So he says that he proceeded forth from the Father. And he didn't come of himself, but the Father sent him. <laughs> oh God. 
You know, in John chapter 1, the Bible says that no man had any time has seen the Father except the Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. Praise God. Which is in the bosom of the Father. The focus not today on how Jesus became Jesus, but I want to show you the word proceeded. Amen. So now let's go to John 15, where you see the same word or the same phrase used for the Holy Spirit. Glory to Jesus. John 15, verse 26. Are you there? Alright, he says, But when the Comforter is come, I was, whom I was sent unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Amen? He says, he proceeded from where? The Father. Now, in John 8, verse 42, Jesus Christ said, I proceeded. Right? I proceeded. So definite. And it ends. Past tense. Right? But over here, in verse um, chapter 15, he says that he proceedeth. Not proceeded. Proceedeth, which is present continuous. Are you getting the difference? Jesus proceeded once from the Father. And when he came into human flesh, he got solidified and stayed. That is why he is the God that is in the God in the flesh. There is the God that is on the throne. There is the God that is in human flesh. And there is the God that retains spiritual essence. The God that moves. The God that is mobile. The God that proceeds from himself. That is the Holy Spirit. So there's no, there's, there's no difference in authority or power between the Father on the throne and the Holy Spirit who proceeds from him. He is the very Father who is just moving. Are you catching this? When we say the Holy Spirit, listen, there is no, absolutely no inferiority whatsoever. He is verily God. Now watch what Jesus said. He said that, but when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is the God that is mobile from the throne. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you following? The third thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the gift of the Father through the Son to the saints. That is why in salvation, God actually gives you himself. That is the greatest we inherit God in Christ. Not only does God inherit us, we inherit God. <laughs> Acts chapter 2. Praise the Lord. Are you there? Acts 2 verse 38. Are you there? Acts 2 verse 38. It says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Are you seeing it? 
You shall receive what? The gift of the Holy Ghost. So he is the gift, but from the Father. Amen. He is a gift, but from the Father. Let's go to the same, let's go up some verses. To verse 33. The same chapter 2. He says, Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. So he received from where? The Father. Having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. So I said that the Holy Spirit is a gift of the Father to the saints through Jesus Christ. Are you getting me? Because Jesus is God's gift to the entire world. But the Holy Spirit is the gift of God to his saints, to his children. So the Holy Spirit is not for the world. In John 14, Jesus Christ said, the world cannot receive him. The world doesn't know him, neither can it receive him. It doesn't even see him. So the Holy Spirit is not for the world. But Jesus is for the world. So in John 3.16, the Bible says that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's for the world. The gift of God to the world. But the Holy Spirit is the gift of God to his children. To the saints. And he is ministered through Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you here? Let's look at Mark. Let me show you something in the book of Mark. Okay, before that, let's just follow with this one now. So number four. We saw these ones on Friday. So number four. Onwards, these are the ones I didn't share on Friday because of our time. And all of this is just on who is the Holy Spirit. Before we get to when does a believer receive the Holy Spirit. Number four. He is the omnipotent being behind the wonderful works of God. He is the omnipotent being behind the wonderful works of God. He is the power behind creation. Listen. The Holy Spirit is the unseen power of God. He is the one that is behind the scenes but controls everything. He doesn't like to be public. But he is so mighty and so powerful. He made the entire universe. Yet he is silently in the Father. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, all the mighty works that were done to the glory of God were done by this Spirit. That's what the Bible calls him the glory of the Father. We'll get there. So he is the omnipotent being. Listen, I want you to know the Holy Spirit, see the Holy Spirit as a person, a real being. He is not just some wind or some influence or a feeling. He is the omnipotent being behind the wonderful works of God. Hallelujah. Psalm 33. Let's go there quickly. Psalm 33. 
verse 6. Are you there? Psalm 33 verse 6. It says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. The breath of his mouth there is speaking of the Holy Spirit. Let me read from the New Hebrew Bible. Look at what it says. It says, By the Lord's word, the heavens were made, all their army, by the breath of his mouth. Why? Because he made all the angels. He made all the hosts of heaven. He made them all. That's what we are talking about. Because he is God. Hallelujah. Praise God. The BBE version puts it this way. It says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the army of heaven by the breath of his mouth. The breath of his mouth they're referring to the Holy Spirit. And I will show you further. Job chapter 26. Job 26. Are you there? Right, verse 13. Confirming and baptizing what we read in Psalm 33. How that the Holy Spirit is the omnipotent being behind the creation. Verse 13. It says, by his spirit. By his what? By his what? Topics like this, when we are treating it, usually I like to have first of all maybe taught on the Trinity. So that people get it more. I taught on it long time ago. I have not touched on it again yet. I will at a, a later time. Where you come to understand why is it is it that there are three separate gods or is one God you know and all of that. Again, don't forget what I told you when I was beginning the message. The physical world is limited. There are only limited principles and phenomenon or phenomena that exist in the physical world. So if you try to process everything about God based on the principles of the natural world, you will make a mistake. I hear what I'm saying. You do what? You make a mistake. It is like trying to measure the mechanism of a man by the mechanism of a woman. You make a mistake because the mechanism in a woman is different. You see? How she is able to conceive and have a, a child is not the same way it is in a man. A man can never. Are you getting me? So the mechanisms are different. They are two different worlds. Now, the earth realm is a limited realm. Because it's a physical realm. So there are certain principles, rules, and operations that are above the mind of the man in the earth realm. Are you following this? Are you with me? That is why there are things we comprehend with our spirits. Not just by the logic. And the Holy Spirit is the one who helps understanding come to us spiritually. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you with me today? So, he says, by his spirit he had garnished the heavens. By this Holy Spirit. The same book of Job 33. You know, some people define the Holy Spirit as a, um, a feeling or an influence. No. No. 
The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. He is the Father that is not on the throne. You see? The Bible tells us in the book of Luke that Jesus was born by the overshadowing of the Holy Ghost on Mary. And the angel said, Wherefore, that which shall be born of you shall be called the Holy One of God. Because he was the father of Jesus. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, uh, Jesus said, The words that I speak, it is the father in me that doeth the works. There is a father who is always on the throne. He never leaves the throne because the throne is an office. So he never leaves the throne. But Jesus spoke about a father who was not on the throne but was in him. That is the Holy Spirit. Are you understanding this? That is the Holy Spirit. He is God who is not on the throne. He is God who is moving among men. He is God who is mobile in other places. Hallelujah. Do you understand this? 33 verse 4. Look at what he says. He says in verse 4, The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. Who is he talking about? The Holy Spirit. And he says, the Spirit of God had what? Made me. Had what? Had what? Had what? In Genesis chapter 2, we saw that the Bible says, And God formed man from the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils. Hallelujah. Do you remember that scripture? Now, over here, Job reveals to us that the one who did that is the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Are you here? In Genesis chapter 2, you only see and God formed man. You don't know which God it was. But over here, Job reveals specifically that the Spirit of God had made me and the breath of the Almighty had given me life. So the one who actually made men was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who made you. That is how mighty he is. Yet so silent. Are you here? Glory to God. Number five. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is the one who raised Jesus from the dead. He is the one who raised Jesus from the dead. Romans chapter 1 verse 4. Oh, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Romans 1, are you there? Verse 4. Are you there? Fast, fast, fast. He says, and declared to be the son of God. Let's have verse 3 so you get the proper um, context. Concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. Oh my. Time. Which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. You know it's amazing. The humanity of Jesus is what he is referring to here. That it was according to, uh, according to the seed of David. Of the seed, meaning the lineage of David. So God gives respect and credence to lineage. <laughs> Praise God. According to the flesh. So his humanity was from David. Verse 4. And declared 
to be the son of God with power. Are you seeing it? Declared to be the son of God with power. According to the spirit. Last week I told you something. That the word or the phrase son of God is not just as we understand it humanly speaking. Son of God actually means God. That is why when Jesus Christ would refer to himself in that manner, the, the Pharisees were angry. Because Son of God means God. God among men. So when you, you read John, 1 John 3, and you read where the Bible says, Behold, what one of love the Father bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. In your mind, we are children of God. You don't know who you are. And many are not ready for that information yet. He says, declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. The spirit of holiness there is talking about the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let me read from the Philips translation so that you can see how he puts it over there. Good. He says, the Philips New Testament. The gospel is centered in God's son, a descendant of David by human genealogy, and patently marked out as the son of God by the power of, the, of that spirit of holiness, which raised him to life again from the dead. Are you with me? So over here, it makes, he makes it clear that the Holy Spirit is the one who raised Jesus Christ back from what? Back from the dead. So you know that God raised Jesus from the dead. In actuality, it was God, the Holy Spirit, who did that work. Praise God. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 6. Praise God. Are you there? Verse 4. In Romans 1, we saw that who raised Jesus from the dead? Who? Who? The Holy Spirit. So now, you come to see a phrase used to define him here. Verse 4, are you there? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in units of life. Who or what is this glory of the Father? The Holy Spirit. Are you with me? He is the one who raised Jesus from what? From the dead. Again, to further enlighten you, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Are you there? Say, Holy Spirit, I love you. Say, Holy Spirit, reveal yourself more to me. Praise God. I'm telling you, your, your life will not be the same again. If you would come into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He is the secret. Verse 11. Romans 8. Are you there? It says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead. Do you see it now? If the spirit of him, the spirit of God, that's what we're talking about. If the spirit of God that raised up Jesus from the dead. So now you see it is clear. Who raised us from the dead? Who raised us from the dead? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you 
So he raised up Jesus from the dead. Not resuscitated him. He was resurrected. He was born again from death. It was, it's not a normal raising the dead. No, that wasn't the normal one. Otherwise, he wouldn't be the firstborn from the dead. Jesus is the firstborn from death. What is that death? That death is spiritual death. All the other people we have raised from the dead, we didn't raise them from spiritual death. We raised them from physical death. Which means that their heart stopped beating or they died physically and then we brought life back into them and they stood up. But their spiritual status was still not changed. Spiritual death is when a man's spiritual status concerning him and life, him and God, is zero. Are you with me? He is not connected to God. He is in eternal damnation, eternal death. Now, the Holy Spirit is the one who brought Jesus Christ out of that spiritual death because Jesus Christ died twice. He didn't die only physically. He died spiritually. That was how come he was able to take our place. Because what happened in the garden was not just a physical death. If it was physical death, then there's no issue. But what actually happened was a complete disconnection from God. Can you imagine your creator or your father bringing you into this universe? And then you are completely cut off from him. And when you are cut off, you are not cut off to roam around for and do whatever you like. It is in, <laughs> judgment is going to follow. Destruction is going to follow. Now Jesus went into that state to be a substitute for mankind which is called the redemption. And when God was satisfied with the payment or the sacrifice, the Holy Spirit brought him back. Now the question is this. No one has ever come out of that state such that even those who were used by God in the Old Testament, when they died, they, didn't, they, were, they had to go to Abraham's bosom. There was no place for them in heaven. Heaven is only for the, the born again ones, those who are light. So all those who died in the Old Testament, they were not in heaven, they were in Abraham's bosom. It is when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, that Bible says the tombs were opened and the saints, they came out. And that was when they now all moved to heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. So everybody who died in the Old Testament, they were not in heaven. Let me show that to you from the Bible. Then we continue with this. Matthew 27. Hallelujah. Are you here? Speak in tongues, speak in tongues, speak in tongues. For the next 15 seconds, stir up your spirit. Speak in tongues, speak in tongues, speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Activate your spirit man. Activate your spirit man. Activate your spirit man. Activate your spirit man. So you will not be dull of hearing. Activate your spirit man so you can tune in to the words of the spirit. Activate your spirit man. Go ahead. 
Hallelujah. Amen. It's very important because you need to receive with your spirit. You see, if you try to receive with your mind or your eyes, it might pass by. And that is what Jesus Christ kept experiencing many times when he was preaching. He would preach and say many things. Then he would watch them and say, These people, their hearts are dull of hearing. Their ears are dull of hearing. Their hearts is white gross. Because they asked him, Why do you talk to them in parables? It's all because their, their hearts is white gross. They see, but they don't see. They hear, but they don't hear. What does that mean? They lack revelation. But Jesus said something. He said that it is not so for us. Unto us it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Are you with me? So it is given to us to know. Glory to God. And when you exercise your spirit, you have that insight. Matthew 27, are you there? Alright, verse 52. Look at this. He says, and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Who are the saints he's talking about? The Old Testament saints. Come on, are you here today? He says what, what was opened? What was opened? What was opened? The graves, the tombs were opened and many of the bodies of the saints which slept arose. Why did they have to rise up? Why didn't they wait till the rapture? Because this was the time that Jesus was now about to go to heaven. He was now about to go as man entering heaven. And he rose with all those who had died but could not access heaven again. They were all kept in Abraham's bosom. There was a place, a region in the netherworlds which was called Abraham's bosom. So a person dies, they don't go to heaven, they go down. Are you with me? And when they go down into the nether region of the nether world, hell is on one side. Abraham's bosom is on another side. Those who were believing in the Messiah to come through the works and the law and the works of Moses and the sacrifices, they come to Abraham's bosom because their salvation was on credit. It wasn't paid. So everything that they did, their forgiveness, their blessings, everything was on credit because it was pre-shadowing Christ who would come. It's like using a credit card. You are able to buy something not because the money is there, but because the money will come on 30th October. So you buy, but you have not paid. But you use it because it will be paid on 30th October. So all the saints in the Old Testament, they were living on credit card grace. They were living on credit card salvation. That is why they didn't have the kind of salvation we have today. So all of them, when they died, they did not go to heaven. They were in Abraham's bosom. That is why when the rich man died, Jesus spoke about it, and the rich man died and went to hell, he could see afar and he saw Abraham. Now, the gulf is impassable. You can't pass the, the gulf. But in the spirit world, you don't have the limitations of the weakness of the physical body. In the spirit world, if you're in physically, if your eyes cannot see well, spiritually you will see everything clear because there's no deformity. Now the man could see Abraham from afar and spoke to Abraham and said, Please let Lazarus just come and dip water on my tongue just to cool me down. He said, There's an impassable gulf. It can't be crossed. And it's very serious. Poverty is very bad. Poverty is never ever good. 
This man was rich and Lazarus was poor so much that even in the spirit world, they are still looking for Lazarus to send him. The rich man, there were different saints that you didn't see anybody. You saw Lazarus because Lazarus, the Bible says, Lazarus used to beg at the man's table for food. When the man is having evening supper and people have come, rich men, they are eating and they are sharing. Lazarus has sauce all around him. And he comes by and he's looking for something to eat. But when the rabbis and others were preaching, he believed in Jesus. When Jesus came, he believed in him. Praise God. So, Abraham's bosom was where all righteous saints were. Now, that is why David said, Thou would not leave thy holy one. He says, Thou would not allow thy holy one um, to see corruption. And you not leave him in hell or shield. Are you getting me? Because he knew that the time was coming where they would all be taken from there. So look at verse 20, verse 52. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city. That means they went to Israel and appeared unto many. Are you seeing this? So it means that that day, people probably saw Abraham. Some saw Joseph. Some saw David. And they were like, hey! Because when you see such people, in the, you know this is who I am. In the spirit, you don't always need names. You will know who this person is. Unless the being is of a higher rank that has to reveal himself to you. That is why when you encounter an angel or a spirit being, you don't, and you don't have the discernment to know who they are, ask them, who are you? Or you wait for them to introduce themselves to you. You don't just receive anything they have for you. Why do you think in the Bible, when angels appear, they will say, I am Gabriel. I am this. They must introduce so you know. So if you have an encounter, a being appears to you, and they didn't introduce themselves, ask them, who are you? Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, that even Satan masquerades as an angel of light. So if you are naive, you end up receiving a wrong encounter. And a wrong message. And it's happened to some people. Yeah. It's happened to some people. And today they're no more Christians. And some it happened to them. And today they have a false sect. Praise the Lord. So when the angels appear, they will introduce themselves to you. Especially if you are ignorant. You have no discernment. Praise God. But if they are familiar with you, they don't need to introduce themselves to you. You already know them. And some can have names you've not heard in the Bible before. Glory to God. Yeah. There was an angel called... No, you let's, let me leave that. Amen. Are you here? So he is the one who raised Christ from the dead. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Number six, who is the Holy Spirit? He is the enactor of salvation and the new birth. The born again experience. Oh my God, my God, my God, my God. He is the enactor of salvation. He is the one that makes salvation possible. 
He is the enactor of salvation, the enactor of the new birth. You know what it means to enact, right? To perform. He is the performer of the new birth. He is the one who makes your born again experience possible. He is the one. When you believe in Jesus, the one who actually brings you afresh in life is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. John 3. Okay, let's, 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 okay, John 3. Let's be fast now. Are you learning something today? John 3, verse 3. Glory to God. Fast, fast, fast. It says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born again, be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And I've told you before that the word used born again there is actually, it actually means to be born from above. Right? So it is a complete transformation and change of the inner man. Glory to God. Verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit. So the man has to be born of what? The spirit. Which spirit? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to beget the man again. That is where a man can be born again. That is how a man becomes born again. By the Holy Spirit. He is the one who enacts salvation and the new birth. Are you with me today? Glory to God. Mark chapter 1. Or Titus 3 first. Before we go to Mark. Titus chapter 3. Titus, not the sardine. <laughs> Hallelujah. Titus chapter 3, verse 4. Amen? Verse 4, it says, But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Now look at take verse 5 again. Not by works or righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the one who makes a new birth possible. Are you seeing this? He's the one who makes salvation possible. The new birth experience possible. Glory to God. Mark chapter 1 verse 5. Mark 1. Oh, I want to go into when a person receives the Holy Spirit. Though we, we, we looked at a little bit on Friday. I want to give you some more today. Quickly before we close. Glory to Jesus. Are you with Mark? And I told you something. I believe, was it Friday? Or was it Thursday? About growing spiritually. I heard me. I heard me. Growing spiritually. It's a, it's a, I think it was on Thursday. I was speaking to the leaders. You have to deliberately grow spiritually. And it happens by making time for the word. Having an appetite for the word. If your appetite for God's word has gone down, there is a problem. Sorry. There's a problem. It's not normal. Don't treat it as normal. Because God doesn't see it as normal. It means you will not grow spiritually. 
It means that if you don't grow spiritually, you will not be able to fulfill purpose. You will not be able to have the best of God's divine experience for you because you will still be a spiritual babe. And that means you'll be tossed about to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And influences you are supposed to dominate, overcome, will rather be overcoming you. Because you're not growing. First Peter 2 verse 1, he says, As newborn babes desire, desire, desire the sincere milk of the word. You must desire. So when your appetite for the Bible, the word of God, messages is going down, you need to check it. Don't leave it. Don't think it will just come up suddenly. No. That's what happens to some people and they enter emotionalism. Now they're looking for messages that will address their problem or messages that will make them feel good. So they have left the teachings that will build them up spiritually and they are now after what will soothe their issues or their problems. You don't grow spiritually that way. You may be excited for a period in a season and motivated for a period in a season, but through spiritual growth, you are lacking it. Amen. Praise God. It's important. Say, my desire for the word is renewed. Say, my appetite for the word is renewed. Say, my appetite for revelation from scripture is renewed. Yeah. You have to learn to discipline yourself. Don't let your flesh have the best of you. Glory to Jesus. Mark 1 verse 8. It says, I indeed have baptized with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And we'll come to that when we go about, when we go into when a person received the Holy Spirit. Number 7. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is the head of all angels and angelic beings. The head and creator of all spirits. That's the Holy Spirit. So Satan is a very small boy for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? He is what? A very small boy. <laughs> Listen, the Holy Spirit, he is the boss. When you hear in the Bibles the, the term Lord of hosts, God of hosts, hosts refer to the armies, the angelic forces, as well as the angelic beings. There are angels and angelic beings. He made them all. He is their boss. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? He is what? He is their boss. Amos chapter 4. Will be be Amos by 10 years new. All they've even heard is that somebody's called Amos. They didn't know it's in the Bible. <laughs> Amos chapter 4. Are you there? Okay, let's come down to verse 13. Amos chapter 4. Verse 13. He says, For lo, he that formeth the mountains, watch this, he that formeth the mountains and createth the wind and declareth unto man what is his thoughts, that maketh the morning darkness and treadeth upon the high place of the earth. The Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. We saw in earlier scriptures the Holy Spirit being the one behind creation. I seen this. And now over here he says that the Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. He is the host of the armies. So there is the highest spirit. 
Gabriel called him the spirit of the most high or the power of the highest. Do you see the way they are describing him? Talking about the Holy Ghost. The spirit of the most high, the power of the highest, told Mary shall overshadow thee. That is who the Holy Spirit is. All the angels, all the spirit beings, they know. They know. From the smallest demon to the greatest archangel, they know. When the Holy Spirit is moving, quiet. But everybody <laughs> is on attention. Because you don't want to joke, you don't want to mess. <laughs> Are you hearing me, somebody? He is the unseen powerhouse of the universe. The one who has the keys. Glory to God. There's more, but because of our time, I won't be able to. I wanted to show you that he is the life of God. He is the power behind our transfiguration and immortality. But we can't go into that today, another time. Praise God. But let me quickly run through when does a believer receive the Holy Spirit? On Friday, I already took you into some scriptures concerning that. So if you missed Friday, you've missed quite a lot but then I, I don't think I'll go over what I did but I'll take you from where I took I, I left you on Friday and then we can close at that point amen when does a believer receive the Holy Spirit because it is popularly taught that after you are born again you must now receive the Holy Ghost right and in several places recognized places after you're born again they now take you through a second process where you must receive the Holy Spirit but on Friday I told you that a person receives the Spirit when they believe in Jesus. I would mean. Because without that indwelling of the Spirit, a man cannot be born again. And take note, if they were two separate experiences, Jesus would not have left it all in John 3.16. Because in Romans 8 verse 9, the Bible says, If any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I would mean. If any man hath not, is in Romans 8 verse 9. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Are you following me? And in Romans 10 verse 9, all that it says for salvation is believing and confessing with the mouth of the Lord Jesus. So where the Holy Spirit then? Or if what Romans said in Romans 8 verse 9 is true. So does it mean if somebody believed in Jesus Christ, heard the message or even confessed him as Lord, but didn't get a chance to receive the Holy Ghost before he died, he's going to hell? Not entirely so. Praise the Lord. Because the indwelling of the Spirit happens in the believing of Jesus Christ. What some have mixed up is the, the being filled with the Spirit, evidence with speaking in tongues. And some scriptures on the book of Acts, where some people were asked, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Which I explained a portion of it to you on Friday. Praise God. But because of our time, I need to compress it now and then maybe continue another time. But let me show you some two or three scriptures. Amen. Don't miss meetings. Are you with me? Don't miss meetings. Don't miss meetings. They are where you learn and you are taught. And you are built up spiritually. Glory to God. Acts chapter 11. Acts 11. Verse 12. Let's, let me start from verse 12. 
He says, and the spirit bade me go with them. Now this was Peter explaining to the other senior elders why he had gone to preach to the Gentiles. Because they were like, how come you went there? You're not supposed to go and preach to them. So he's explaining to them what happened. And in the earlier verses, he has spoken about the vision that God showed him. But now he's explaining what actually led to him going. Verse 12. So he says, And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words, whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. Verse 15. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Do you see it? So when he began to speak, the moment the people believed, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Are you getting me? There was no separate experience where they had to now pray and receive the Holy Ghost. Are you following this? It says, verse 15, And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Verse 16, look at what it says. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall baptize with the Holy Ghost. You see, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. In 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13, the Bible says that by one spirit we have been all baptized and made to also drink into one spirit. So not only were we immersed into the spirit, we were also made to drink. I with me. So we are not only in the spirit, we also have the spirit where in us, in the new birth. And I explained to you that the baptism we have in this physical world, where when you are baptized, you go into the water, you come out, is false. It's not the original. Because the reality is that when you are baptized, the Greek word baptizo, you stay in there. But because of the physical body, if I should put Jeff in the pool right now, or put Sakiko in the river right now, for five minutes, if it goes too long, we'll carry her corpse. So because of the limitation of the flesh, when you go in, you must come out just to show that you've entered a new world, a new realm. But spiritually, in Christ, when we enter Christ, when we are immersed into Christ, we never come out again. Are you following? We don't come out again. That is our new life. The Bible says, in him we live and move and have our being. Hallelujah! Once we come into him, we stay there. And that is the actual baptism in the spirit. So when we are baptized, like 1 Corinthians 12 verse 10 says, we are baptized by one spirit into the body of Christ. We don't come out again for any fresh air. Our new fresh air is in Christ. Are you with me? If any man be where? In Christ. There is no outside. Because Jim from Abba. No! <laughs> now, everything we do is in him. So through baptism, we don't come out. What we see in the baptism in the world today is only because of the human body. Do you understand this? The real spiritual baptism, when you are baptized, you stay there. It's your new world. Glory to God. Are you here today? Amen. So, look at what he says. He says, Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Another important thing you must understand is that just as Adam was animated by the breath of life, who is the spirit of, who is the spirit of God? But Adam didn't receive the Holy Spirit. He only received life in a distribution. Are you getting it? The same way Adam was enacted 
or animated by the breath of God, the, the believer, the born again child of God, comes to life by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Last scripture. John 7. John 7. Praise God. Verse 38. John 7 verse 38. Are you there? Quickly. It says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Watch this. He that does what? He that does what? He that does what? Believeth on me. Out of what? His belly will flow. So it means that when you believe, the consequence is the flowing of what? Rivers. Which is actually referring to the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said. Look at verse, the, the verse that follows, verse 39. He says, let me take verse 38 again. He that believeth on me, again, the principle is believing in, in what? In him. He says, he that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, verse 39. But this spake he of what? Talk to me. Of what? Of who? This spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. I get in it. So when you believe, you receive. I hear me. When you believe, you do what? You receive. Let me read from a different translation that gives it a clearer understanding. The BBE translation. Verse 39. This said he, this he said of the spirit, which would be given to those who had faith in him. Are you seeing it? Is it clear now? So when a person believes, they receive. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the indwelling of the spirit is what produces new birth. We can lay hands on people and they'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's a different phenomenon. But the indwelling comes when you believe. Hallelujah. Praise God. Have you learned something today? Stand up on your feet right now. You can find more inspiring, uplifting, spirit-filled sermons and teachings at Christ Glory Ministries on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on every other podcast platforms. Help reach the lost by sharing links to the messages with your family, friends, and on your personal social platforms. God bless you.